0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good today, Nathan. How about you?
0: Uh I'm good I'm glad to have you back on the microphone we we uh we skipped a week and um uh, <laughs> I missed you man
1: yeah, I don't know who wrote the poem, There is Nothing So Lovely as a Summer Cold, but they were full of it, man. <laughs> nothing lovely about it at all, but I'm I'm feeling a lot better.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back on the mic with you. I, I was missing out on my David Garfinkel fix. What do we got planned? Actually, you know what? Before we jump into what we got planned, I'm just going to hand it over to you because uh, I haven't heard your sweet voice in a while.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, well, what we're going to do is talk about the big three. And this came out of uh, a request from a friend of mine, Doberman Dan, uh, who is a good, great friend, great copywriter, good guy. And he has a, a group called the Knights of the Roundtable, which is his membership group. And he, he asked me to talk about about how I coach people and how I coach copywriters, right? And so I, I gave it a lot of thought. And one of the people in the group who, who I can tell is struggling, although they're, you know, they're they're making an effort to, to show a, a brave face. They asked the question, what does it take from a copywriter to go from good to great? And I think, you know, that's my claim to fame of anything. It, it's that um, I can take people who are Chugging along, doing okay, but they've got a glass ceiling, or they've got some internal blocks, or, or they're in the wrong market, or something. And often, you know, they don't know what to do because, you know, as we've said before, what what gets you to where you are isn't always necessarily what's going to get you to where you want to go. I mean, if if you make it to the big leagues in baseball by you know doing a certain set of basic things really well, suddenly you're in the big show, and things change and uh you you need to focus on those things but on other things too and and the same thing is true in copywriting so you know i i uh, this this fit right into the presentation I was giving, and I wanted to share it with people on the podcast. I'm only going to share half of it today because there's so much to go over even though it's only six things and only three of them today there's there's a, a lot of a lot of stuff people misunderstand about these things and so I want to see if I can clear up some misconceptions and help some people along the way and if someone's interested in working with me let them know what they're in for
0: i'm going to say the reason that business owners hire copywriters is because when you're in your business it's really hard to see the whole picture. When you're stuck inside the frame, it's hard to see the whole picture. And that's why it's, it's a great idea to hire a copywriter because a copywriter can give you that perspective. But when you're a copywriter, you suffer the same thing. You, you get stuck inside the frame and it's, it's hard to see the big picture. It's hard to see what the next step you need to take is. And that's why I find so much value in what you do is because you provide that same service.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly is a, a second set of eyes. And, and maybe another way to look at what you're talking about is when a business owner wants to grow, the obvious answer is usually not the one they see. It's not that they're stupid; they're they're usually pretty smart if they've made it that far to have a running business. It's that you know, it, I guess it was no one less than Einstein who said that. You cannot solve a problem at the level that the problem was created. You sort of have to take this higher view. So anyway, yeah, let me, let me make a, um, a disclaimer. I'm going to do a disclaimer. I've never done a disclaimer before, have I? I'm <laughs> going to do a disclaimer, and then, then then we can get into what this is all about. Here's the disclaimer. Copy is powerful you're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay. So big three. Now, there are three questions I ask, and these are not the big three. This is like before the big three, but these are important. Anyone listening might want to jot these down. Before I start working with a copywriter, there are three questions that we get at, and we we get at them with some surveys, sometimes with a test, um, you know, like a, a Colby index A test, um, a number of different ways, sometimes through conversation. But the answers boil down to the answers to these three questions. Number one, what do you want? Number two, how are you going to get it? And number three, what's standing in the way? And the coaching is based on the answers to those three questions. And by the way, sometimes the first answer that comes out of your mouth is not your true answer, sort of the funny way the mind works. But the first two questions are different. Every copywriter wants something different. Everyone thinks they want the same thing they want more money, uh more respect, more freedom, you know, more control over what they're doing but but really the the specifics make it different for each person because there's a whole life that is included with being a copywriter. Uh, the second thing is how are you going to get it well you have to sort of be clear on what it is that you want in order to know how you're going to get it. But the third question, the third question, what's standing in the way? Uh, That's actually remarkably similar, not exact, but almost always the same thing for every copywriter. There's six things standing in the way, Uh, six big picture things, which, you know, break down into steps and skills, and and you know, new perspectives and all kinds of stuff that that fits into each category. So we'll talk about the first three of those six today. Okay,
0: okay. So uh, just a, a, a real quick before we jump into it, what do you want? Is everybody's got different motivations how are people going to get there those are those are usually customized things as well but when it comes to what's standing in the way what's preventing people from getting to get that next level you're saying that you find six things that are the most common that are uh, almost everybody fits into these six different categories
1: yeah i i'd say 98% of the time i mean like you know for me i was sort of in a unique situation i had this terrific journalism background and in some ways, it really helped me, and in some ways, it it literally had me in shackles. So, uh, but that that really fit into the first thing, even though I didn't realize until I actually tried to write copy. Anyway, let let me jump into what they are, and you know what I'm talking about was 25, 30 years ago. But the the first thing that's standing in the way is not enough confidence. Um, now confidence. Let's, let's forget about con man, con game, Bernie Madoff. There's that kind of confidence. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I also want to um, emphasize is that what most people think about confidence is not functionally true, meaning it doesn't really work this way, even though it might sound good confidence doesn't come from saying affirmations confidence doesn't come from talking yourself into having higher self-esteem and you can actually talk yourself into higher self-esteem but that you're not going to be confident confidence doesn't mean you're never insecure confidence means that deep down you know from real hard evidence that that's meaningful to you that you can get the job done. And if you can't get the job done, you can figure out what you need to figure out to get the job done. So ultimately that's the same thing. You can get the job done. Um, what what I found, you know, some people say confidence comes from success. What I found, well, all right, let me let me put it this way. Some people say it comes from success. And some people comes from failure, and those are those are nice, broad cliches, but you know what in the world does that mean? Um, I think confidence I think success and failure is like maybe part one of the major ingredients for confidence, and i I don't think if you have all success. Um, I know there's some people who claim they've never made a mistake, they've never had a failure. I got to tell you, somewhere in the back of them, their minds, they are waiting for the other shoe to drop. They know that uh, eventually the shit's going to hit the fan, and they're going to have to deal with it. and And they must be secretly terrified. They don't know how. Um, so I think ultimately, confidence comes from knowing this, knowing you will be able to succeed eventually, and usually in the time frame that you need to, almost always in the time frame you need to, by finding workarounds to the problems and failures that inevitably show up along the way. Let me say that again, because that's mm, different than the way some people think about it. But I think if everybody looks back at what were their greatest victories, they'll realize Somehow, by pure chance, or dumb luck, or maybe a mentor, or a friend, or uh, a client, or you know, s- uh, stepped in, or something they they read, or something they saw, or something they heard on TV, all of a sudden, things clicked. <clears throat> all of a sudden, they they figured out how to work around a problem. I believe success, I believe confidence, which you need really ongoing to to reach higher levels of success to go from good to great. I believe confidence comes from knowing you'll be able to succeed by finding workarounds to the problems and failures that inevitably show up along the way. Because you talk to anyone who's really been successful and they have run into a string of failures and frustrations, the thing is, it doesn't bother them as much. They don't identify with that. They, you know, remember Joe Schrieffer said he looks for people who can have failures without believing they are a failure personally. That's, that's key, and that, that's part of confidence, too.
0: Can I ask you a real, uh, real quick question? I, I know a lot of people, especially if they're newbie copywriters, they're afraid that they're going to turn in a piece. They're going to get a client. They're going to turn in a piece and it's going to bomb and they'll never get another job in the industry again. Um, to alleviate that, what has your experience been? Uh, does every piece that you write succeed?
1: No, hell no. I mean, the best people... Well, okay, I guess we could say there's the Ben Savanga exception. I've never heard of anything him doing failing, but he's like, he's like a demigod among... <laughs> you know, mortal or slightly above mortal copywriters. No, every everyone has failures. And yeah, if your first piece bombs, you might not get another gig with that client. But, you know, if you can learn from that failure, if you can figure out what you did wrong and what you need to work on and what you could have done different, then it's a painful but valuable learning experience.
0: And then the follow-up to that is, I know that a lot of times, one of the things that clients are actually buying is confidence. If you don't have confidence, if they don't feel that you're confident, then they're not going to feel confident either. And, and they, one of the things that they're actually buying from you is that confidence. So how do you help people develop that confidence?
1: Yeah, well, what I do is the, the main thing is I help them learn you know problem solving in in the moment in the micro you know in in the tactical and the practical not big conceptual you know academic or or workshop or seminar kinds of problem solving things but but really by by actually working through the problems with them uh by helping them learn to see things differently by helping them learn to relax enough to get different points of view, and and sometimes, I mean, there's a big overlap between problem solving and creativity. It's, I guess, you would call it practical creativity or creative problem solving. There's a lot of creativity that is is so wild and off the, you know, um, off the grid, off the, of off the something that uh, it, it doesn't fit, but. Learning to use creativity to solve problems, uh, and and sometimes it, it 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 comes from loosening up your thinking. Sometimes it comes from, you know, not not being embarrassed to to try simple stuff that doesn't look cool or doesn't look sophisticated.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so being able to when you hit that speed bump, being able to figure out a way around it, or being able to w- figure out a way over it. Uh, is it, it sounds like it plays a, a huge role in actually being confident. It feels like uh, I'm I'm going to go on a trip. I'm not confident that I won't hit a couple of red lights, but I am confident that even if I hit them or even if I hit a roadblock, I'll still be able to figure out a way around to get to my final destination.
1: Yeah, or or even I'm gonna I'm gonna ride my bike. And I know I'll hit some speed bumps and I might even get thrown off the bike, but I got knee pads, I got elbow pads, I got a helmet, and I know how to roll. So, all right, you know, I'll I'll get back up on the bike and and ride again.
0: Nice, awesome. So number one, the biggest problem or or the first problem is that pretty much all copywriters deal with, especially at first, is uh, not having the confidence, not having enough confidence. What's the number two issue that you see?
1: When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over a copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. The, The number two thing is they can't identify their target customer and, and get into his or her head. See, most people that they might have an idea that's that's uh more like an abstraction or a brand or an icon or a stereotype or, you know, well, our our customers are a lot like Jed Clampett. They're hillbillies who made a lot of money. Yeah. That's something you saw on T V. Have you ever talked to any of them? Do you know what they're really like? <laughs> you know? Uh I mean uh it, you know, when you focus only on demographics um or, you know, really broad scale psychographics, when you when you don't really know the people as people, it's it's a problem. And this is one area where I'm really able to help because I've worked with businesses in more than a hundred industries. I mean a hundred different industries. I've helped everyone from tiny one person operations to eight-figure businesses with their positioning in USPs. You can't do that unless you can really get into what's important to their customers. So I give people specific methods and as they start to apply these methods and think differently and think about copywriting like normal human communication to another human being who they actually know and understand a little bit, their copy goes through almost magical changes.
0: So, so I just interviewed Ben Settle for uh, uh, for my private community. Actually, I interviewed you as well. Um, but one of the things that Ben said was, if you do, if you if you can nail your market research, your copy can almost write itself. Besides market research, what are some of the other things? If you don't mind, just giving a little bit of hint at uh, some of the other things people can do to to better identify with their target customer.
1: Well. Um, I'm not sure there there are any, but I mean market research covers a pretty broad category of stuff. Like I, you know, I, I give my uh, mentoring clients assignments to do normal research, and sometimes to do off grid. What I call off grid research, and they're often surprised at, at what they find. Um, one in particular about two weeks ago, was just blown away. You know, he found out that uh, one of his companies, he he, he thought he, he had sort of these marginal elderly customers who weren't all that smart, but, you know, had been successful, but, you know, not really that impressive. One of them had been the former CEO of a public company. And, you know, uh, I mean, you just never know till, till you actually talk to people, check them out. Um, I'm not saying CEOs of public companies are the greatest people in the world. They might be. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he had no idea that any of his customers were anything like that kind of person. Um, so, you know, re- research at one level is very simple. You just talk to your customers. You talk with your voice and you listen with your ears i mean it couldn't be simpler but most people don't do it most people won't do it um i don't mean you know put up surveys on survey monkey or ask monkey or whatever i mean actually get on the phone talk to people you know and have 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 a a conversation where you aren't like on a very uh you know, a rhythmic constrained schedule. So that's one thing. But then there's off-grid research. And uh, for one of my clients, I'm suggesting they take a field trip and hang out with their customers because I think most of them have never talked to them, don't even know who they are, and they would be writing much better copy if they did um, just to find out what's on their mind. If you don't know your customers like the back of your hand, marketing is going to give you disappointing results. But if you do know I mean, just like Ben said, I agree with him 100%. If you know them like the back of your hand, it makes all of the other challenges you have one heck of a lot easier.
0: Nice. So issue number one, not having enough confidence. Issue number two, not being able to identify the target customer or get into his or her head. And then issue number three, what's the number three thing standing in people's way?
1: Number three is they can't come up with enough good ideas and hooks. Um, I mean, I guess I could take a little responsibility for this. I sort of pioneered headline templates and copywriting templates. I certainly didn't invent swiping, and there's a lot of other people who come out with a lot since then. Um, the, The problem is, especially in... A more competitive market you can't use the same methods to sell people that everyone else is using um, you know and so and, and and you know it's like I was on a webinar last week and I was telling this horrible old joke about a screenwriter goes into studio to see the executive and he's he's a contract screenwriter he has to pump out another script and the studio executive says hello and, you know, gets the $20 bottle of water and they make a little small talk. And, and he says, so, uh, screener says, so what would you like? And and the studio executive puts his feet up on his desk and he looks at the ceiling. He says, well, I'd like something familiar. yet." Different, hmm. and you know, right about then, the screenwriter wants to jump out of the tenth-story window, but but actually, you know, if, if you get over the you know apparent stupidity of that, it's not that stupid. I mean, that that is what we as people want. We want stuff that feels comfortable, but yet excites us because there's something new, something fresh, something different. It's faster, it's smarter, it's easier. It um, is a breath mint and a candy mint. There's got to be something about it that maybe it's a little different from what we've seen before. But you know, it it doesn't look like some alien from planet Zork is trying to masquerade as a marketer. You don't want it to be so bizarre and unfamiliar that, that, that people can't get it. So yeah, as far as headlines, especially with software. And, and of course, with my headline templates, anyone can come up with a headline. Uh, fewer people can come up with one that works. But then there's a big idea, which is more than a headline. It's a whole different concept to sell something. And so much of this is, is really built on the first two things we're talking about. You need to have confidence. You need to have courage. You need to take risks. You need to risk looking like an idiot, looking like a fool. That I mean, even to yourself when, when you're generating ideas and that, that takes confidence, believe it or not. It you, you need to feel strong enough. So, you know, if you fall on your face or look like you're a special needs person when you're okay. supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, doesn't matter. You just keep going. And and then you, you need to really know the customer too. Um, so ideation and understanding customer psychology at deep and subtle levels is very important. But there's another thing. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, a, a, a creative person comes up with a creative idea and they want some imaginary teacher or parent to come up to them, shake their hand, put a gold star in their shoulder and say, class, um, uh Jimmy just came up with a great idea and there's applause and there's a parade and finally they get the presidential medal of freedom now uh what what a professional does a creative professional is they come up with a great idea then maybe they take a breath take a walk you know have have a glass of water maybe some hot tea or even some coffee and then they come up with another one um, because the, the real pros, the, the, the people who come up with the, the leading promotions, the controls that last for years and years. And my mentor did that. And some of my good friends in the business have done that, um, had controls. You know, I was, I was, I was talking with Paris Lampropoulos, uh, who's one of my friends in the industry. He's like at the top, top, top. He had a control I think it was for boardroom that lasted 10 years. Can you imagine that? Wow. Now, you, you, do, do you think he just jotted down the first thing he came up with? I mean, maybe Paris is a bright guy, but I don't think so. I, I think he's like, you know, most people, do you think Ben of Venga, the, you know, the, uh, the demigod, do you think he just came up, wrote down that? Why, why did it take him six months to do a promotion? Probably came up with a number of them. So, um, what I've learned, and, and this was hard for me, because I was one of those guys who wanted the teacher to come up to me, shake my hand, put a gold star on my shoulder, announce it to the class, and I wanted applause and then a parade and then maybe the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And I found out now, I what I really wanted, even though I didn't feel like I wanted it, was another good idea, another big idea. And I wanted the ability to handle that tension. It's hard, but it's, it's, there is a tension that you feel. Why should I have to do any more creative work? I just came up with a great idea, a great big idea. No, sorry. Uh, You got to come up with another one. You know, it's like, well, you're in the music business. Suppose a band comes up with one hit. Is that it?
0: No, you got to have a follow-up.
1: You got to have a follow-up or you become known as oh, one hit wonder, right? <laughs> so it's it's the same in any creative business. And, and then the hardest part, maybe of all, is picking the one idea you're going to use. And I help people learn how to make that kind of decision too. So th- those are the three things, confidence, um, identifying your target customers, getting into their heads, and then coming up with enough good ideas
0: and hooks. I want to roll back just a little bit. You were talking about coming up with different types of hooks and headlines, and you were talking about um, kind of like a a new twist on an old idea. And also the headline template of you deal with this problem, but you want to overcome this problem without this other problem, or you want to get this solution without this problem. Or, or like a lot of times we hear when people are pitching something, they say it's like Star Wars meets uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or it's like it's like uh, Star Wars except for this, this, and this. So it's a new twist on a on an old idea. How important in coming up with a, a hook is being able to add excitement without coming off as threatening, without without uh without being too far out there but still far enough out there that um it it doesn't threaten the person because they have something to tie it to but it also gives them excitement so so it's kind of like uh you're not going out into space completely abandoned you've still got this tether to the spaceship you're, you're you're going on this adventure but you still have a safety net as far as kind of like conceptually
1: yeah that's very important and the other thing is just because it's a creative idea that works in your mind doesn't mean it's going to be a great idea in the marketplace remember in the marketplace people gotta react like that so if you say, it's like Star Wars, except for this, this, or this, that requires a lot of thinking. And in, in the process of thinking, a lot of the excitement is going to dissipate because the mental energy is going to go into computation and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, figuring stuff out and logic and, and, oh, well, if Star Wars didn't have this, okay, but if it didn't have this, and, and all of a sudden the excitement's gone. So it it's got to be something it's got to be sleek it's just got to slip in.
0: Okay. Okay, so it's got to it's got to um the reason that you want it to have a little bit of the fam- familiarity is so it it alleviates some of the mental process and then add maybe a little bit of of uh excitement to it but don't go so overwhelming on the excitement that they have to stop and think about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Except I wouldn't say alleviates some of the mental process. I would say alleviates all of the mental process. It it's it's almost gotta work instinctually. It's gotta be like the person hears the idea and they go, yeah. And then they start to think about it and it makes sense. I mean, so it's gotta work for both of those levels. The the you know, the flash instinct, number one, and two, the critical review the intellectual audit of the idea afterwards. That's what makes it so tricky.
0: Mm, yeah. Okay. And I would say, I would recommend, we did do a couple of episodes on how to come up with a big idea. I would recommend go back and search the copywriter's website or the copywriter's podcast website. Do Just go up to the top right-hand corner, search the big idea, and you'll find episodes with really a, a step-by-step process of how to go through and, and come up with the big idea. David, a, a fantastic episode. Let's recap real quick and then tease out what we've got coming up next week.
1: Sure. Well, um, this came out of a, a question from a copywriter who wanted to know about going from good to great. And um, I came up with six things, three of them we talked about today, confidence, knowing your market, and ideas, big, big ideas and hooks. And then we're going to talk about the other three next time.
0: Awesome. All right. I can't wait. And uh, again, thank you for this. Check out the copywriterspodcast.com for more. And you know what, if people want to holler at you and they want to hire you to help take them from being good to great, where can people go to find out more about that?
1: Yeah, they need to go to garfinkelcoaching.com and and click on services. There's there's three options. They can hire me for a one hour critique or there are a couple of longer term mentoring programs.
0: Awesome. All right, David, copywriterspodcast garfinkelcoaching.com. We will catch you later.
1: Bye. I- If you found the show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate and review it on iTunes.